Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the I Am Podcast. I am so excited to have you here with us today, and I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, because I feel like, especially right now with the state of where the world is at, and then also dealing with our own just personal things that we're going through, it can get really overwhelming and really easy to feel like we're kind of spinning out of control. So today's episode is called I Am Peaceful, and I have asked Barb Schmidt, who is has been inspiring me for a long time online, Uh, to join us today because she is an incredible meditation teacher. She's an author, a mindfulness activist, and co-founder of Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life. She's been a practitioner of mindfulness and meditation for over 30 years, and she's the author of the internationally best-selling book, The Practice, Simple Tools for Managing Stress, Finding Inner Peace, and Uncovering Happiness. Currently, Barb teaches regular mindfulness and meditation workshops at Boca Raton, and I totally just butchered that, I know, so Barb can correct me when I'm done, Regional Hospital, as part of the Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life Wellness Series. She has presented workshops for over a decade at Florida Atlantic University as part of the Peace, Justice, and Human Rights Initiative. She has created and led programs teaching mindfulness at Nova Southeastern University and in local childhood development centers, high schools, universities, college athletic programs, and transitional programs for young adults with autism. She truly is just the guru in meditation, and we're so excited to have her today. Barb, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, Ashley, it is such a joy for me to be here and to meet you. Thank you. Okay, and I have to know, how do you pronounce what I mispronounced? You're so cute. I love it. Uh, Boca Raton. Raton. Perfect. I've lived here for, I don't know, 35, 40 years. I always say they should have put an E at the end of the word because then you would have, it might get pronounced properly because a lot of people mispronounce (laughs) it. So you're in good company for sure. Okay, thank you. I'm an Arizona desert West Coast person, so my Florida vocabulary just... I learned something new today. So country to the to Arizona, probably in the West Coast for sure. I, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so when I was thinking about just really wanting to create a resource and an episode for 
people who just feel like their life is kind of spiraling out of control, it just kept coming to my mind that we needed to have a resource on peace and how to create that peace. And I kept thinking about meditation. And as soon as I thought of that, I was like, oh my gosh, if Barb would agree to be on my podcast, that would be so powerful. And I'm just kind of geeking out right now uh, to have you on here because your teachings and, and what you share online has helped me so much. And I know that for a lot of people, myself included, when I first started meditation, or even when I just heard the word several years ago and thought, oh, maybe that's something I would like to do, it felt really overwhelming because in my mind, I kind of had this picture of this un unobtainable, I don't know, monk, or just this this picture in my mind that meditation was something that would feel good in my life, but maybe not something I could actually do. And so I think people get really overwhelmed when they don't know how to start. And so I would love for you to start us out by helping us understand what meditation is and why it's so important in our lives. Ashley, I love this question so much. And I love what you said. It's it's so amazing to me. I've been, I've been practicing over 35 years now. And it's so amazing to me, you know, way back in the in the 80s, um, when I started practicing, of course, no one understood what it was. And it was some Eastern thing that came over here to the West. And so I was I was thought of as a weirdo. Um, I barely told people what I did because they didn't really wow. understand it. So it amazes me that here we are in 2020. And even though meditation is everywhere, mindfulness is on the cover of Time Magazine a couple of years ago, people talk about it a lot. There is still so much of a misconception about what it is. So I love it that we're starting off with this question because I really, I thrive in demystifying people's opinions and thoughts about what meditation is. So truly, I did a TED talk a couple of years ago. And the one thing that they asked me was, please, you can talk about meditation and, and the things that you want to talk about, but don't use the word meditation because it's overused. And I remember thinking, wow, well, it is overused, but it's also not, it's misunderstood. So I had to come up with a different title. So I titled it Sitting With Yourself, and it has really served me well in my teachings and every single person that I come in contact with. So truly, meditation is a practice of learning how to sit with yourself in quiet, and it is the training of being in the present moment. So meditation is the training for being mindful, if you want to think of it that way. So truly, it's about being comfortable. I love anyone who's comfortable spending time in solitude or quiet is a powerful person. And so this is what meditation wow. has done for me for 35 years, because peace is not a passive, let me get, let me get, let me just kind of zone out or what you said, you know, be a monk in a cave and not let the outside world bother me or worry me. And if I can get that sense of, of peace, quote, peace, then, then nothing will ever bother me. Then I will find you know, the things that I'm looking for, the happiness or the success that I'm looking for. And it doesn't work that way. Um, I learned that way 30 years ago or so when I read Scott Peck's book, The Road Less Traveled. And the first sentence is life is difficult. And when, you know, he goes on and on and he says, when we truly believe and understand that this is the nature of life, that it's difficult, it no longer matters that it's difficult. And what I 
interpreted that. Oh, that's so ago. good. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it, because it's true. We cannot change anything happening in the outside world. And you started off by saying it so perfectly that it is chaotic. It is unpredictable. It is uncertain. It is unknowing. And it's always this way. But 2020 has shown us this constantly and in spades, if you want to call it that. It's like it's an overdrive as to how unpredictable, uncertain, and fearful we have become. And so I think understanding that what's happening out there is totally out of our control and our power and our peace and our, our connection with our success and happiness and the love and the relationship and the beauty that we want to have in our life, lives is all about being able to stay connected inwardly instead of outwardly. We're so geared toward taking in everything from the outside world and meditation is the practice to help you start to know what's happening inside of you. My gosh, that is so good. And you just explained it in a way that even for me just clicked so powerfully. So thank you so much for that. And something that you just said that I haven't heard meditation explained this way before, but that it's learning to sit with yourself. And wow, (laughs) because... I think a lot of times when we're feeling pain, when we're feeling stress, when we're feeling anxiety, the last place that we want to be is sitting with ourselves. And we want, at least I'll speak for myself, I want to go, I want to go get a quick fix to try to create this false or this, you know, ending peace or this false happiness or this joy that will last maybe a moment because I'm getting it from TV or shopping or whatever it is. And so I think a lot of times it's easier to run away from ourselves, but we're exactly who we need. I would love to hear from you. Why do you think it's so hard for us to sit with ourselves? Yeah, such a beautiful question. Um, You know, Ashley, it's, it's hard. There's, I think there are several reasons why it's hard. First of all, the mind. And I, I like to think of myself, people ask me, you know, what do you, what do you find that you really become an expert in? Because you don't really become an expert in meditation. Meditation, you sit down every day and you, you are sitting with yourself and you're starting over every single day. So you get better at being able to be in the present moment and bring yourself back to the present moment. But it's a, we're, we're beginners every single day when we sit in meditation. But I truly have one of the greatest benefits of meditation. It truly has helped me become an expert in my mind. And so I think it's the mind, Ashley, the number one obstacle that we face in being able to sit down and just be with ourselves is the mind. The, when you first sit mm-hmm. down, it is uncomfortable. The mind starts saying all these things, this is not working, what is this going to do? You know, you're not capable of this. You should be doing all the things on your to-do list instead of sitting there. So the mind is going 24-7. We really cannot shut our mind off. And I think that's another misconception about meditation. We're never learning to meditate to stop thinking. That is impossible. We can never stop our thoughts from coming into our mind. And our, we cannot stop our mind from thinking. And that is a really great thing because the mind is a very valuable resource. But we need to train the mind to be our most loyal companion and our best friend and to stop telling us things that are not true, like you're not capable, you're not smart enough, you're not able to sit here by yourself. And so I think it's 
what you're saying is it's hard to sit with yourself because it's just you and your thoughts. And there's a study that came Correct. from the neuroimaging, the laboratory of neuroimaging actually at the University of Southern California that did a study that said we think over 48.6 thoughts a minute, so 50 thoughts a minute. So that's 70,000 thoughts a day we are thinking. I mean, imagine, no wonder we're tired and exhausted. But then we... And feel crazy sometimes. And feel yes. crazy. But the best part of this research is, so if we think 70,000 thoughts, they determined in this research that 95, 85 to 95 percent, uh, um, excuse me, 85 percent of the thoughts that we're thinking are negative. And of those, of those thoughts, 95% of those negative thoughts are repetitive. So we oh have those gosh. same thoughts over and over and over and over. So if you, if you grew up like I did, I grew up very in a very traumatic home. I had a lot of negative thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not anything. I'm, that's why I love your podcast so much. I love the I am. I was always, I am not this. It was always, I am not. How often do we claim our I am and say, I am this? I would say, I am not. So my mind was beating me up all of the time. And I think that that's happening a lot today, even more. We're actually becoming aware of it. And so it's hard to sit listening to those thoughts. There's no distractions. You're not, you're not distracting yourself from your thoughts, which most of the time during the day we are. But when you're sitting with yourself, you are just you with you. And there are no distractions. So it can be brutal. That's really, that's really good. And I think even just recognizing that and acknowledging that in the beginning and probably forever more because meditation is a practice, which means that you're practicing it every day. And so it's okay to have those thoughts and those feelings, because like you said, we beat ourselves up a lot and we tell ourselves negative things a lot. And so I think for me, even just noticing that, you know, it's okay that this might feel hard right now. It's okay that I'm having these thoughts during my meditation because I'm practicing, I'm learning, I'm, I'm getting better at this thing. Um, oh, I love that. Ashley, I love this conversation so much because eventually, because you are, you are practicing yourself and so you are, you are so perfect in describing what happens and so actually what will begin to happen when you say, it's okay that this is happening, what will start to happen as you do this every day, you'll say, this is supposed to happen. Like it's not oh, only is wow. it okay, it's, it's what happens. You have, you, it is what happens. And so you start to think, oh, wow, so I'm normal. I mean, I'm just in the flow of life <laughs> of what happens. And so now, now that That's I know that so I'm, I'm going to stop fighting it. So there's no judgment. Is this okay? Is this not okay? Is this right or is this wrong? No, now I'm in the flow of, oh, this is life. Okay, now what stance or what a posture or what do I want to do as I'm in the flow of life? And in meditation practice or sitting with yourself practice, what we want to do is continually pay attention to the breath or the mantra or the affirmation, whatever our object that we choose because that is the training of our attention in the present moment. Ooh, that's really good. Oh my gosh. It's I'm so, so it's happy so, you're talking to me right now. <laughs> isn't, it so, isn't it so simple though? I mean, we've, we've complicated it so much and it is really simple, but not easy because the mind, the mind will constantly take us out or you'll wake up in the morning and say, oh, you don't need to meditate today. You know, you're tired or 
it doesn't really working that well anyway, or you'll do it in the afternoon. And so it's always the mind that gets in our way. Oh, I love that. So our mind, our mind can get in the way of meditation and we're starting out and feeling overwhelmed. And so we just let our mind kind of <laughs> keep dragging out the length of time for us um, that we're actually going to commit to start doing meditation. So for those who are in the beginning stages of starting their practice or who haven't started yet, what would you say is the best thing for someone to do to start their meditation practice so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming? So I, all in, as you said in my bio, I teach a lot of students and athletes and young, a lot of young people. And so many of them have never meditated before. And I always like to ask them to start with just a practice of when they wake up in the morning, before touching your phone or any technology or getting out of bed to go anywhere, just when you open your eyes, close them again. While you're lying in your bed, close your eyes and just start noticing your breath. Just start bringing your attention into your body. Just a practice of becoming aware because meditation is also the idea of becoming aware and what will start to happen is you start to recognize how you're feeling in that moment. And so just noticing your breath just for a minute, maybe two minutes, it will be incredibly uncomfortable because we're used to opening our eyes and grabbing the phone or opening our eyes and jumping out of bed. So I like to think of this time for one minute, two minutes, max. Don't give yourself a lot because meditation is not supposed to be something hard that you put into your day. It's supposed to be a part of your day that flows with your day where you can you don't have to think about, can I put this in? No, it's going to start to become a habit. When I open my eyes, I close them again, and I notice my body, and I notice that I'm breathing, and I feel my chest rise on the inhale and fall back into my body on the exhale. And just to notice, and you'll start to think, obviously, we'll start thinking thoughts, and the mind will probably say, get out of bed right now, you're done. And every day that you do this, you will start to recognize, you just calm down just a little bit more. The mind settles just a tiny bit more. Remember, tiny repeated steps. We're building the muscle of the training of the mind. So I say to people, think of this as if you've ever been on a diet or if you've ever done, it, done an exercise program or anything that you've had to train yourself in a marathon. Think of a marathon. You aren't going to sign up for the marathon today and then go run the marathon three days from now. You know, there's a period of training and it takes consistency and it takes practice. And then once you're, you've done that, you've just, you're lying in your bed and you're noticing your breath and noticing your body and being aware of your thoughts without judging them or without engaging them or without saying anything to them. Just kind of let them think of them as white clouds in the blue sky. The thought comes up, you notice it, it arises, it's in your mind, and then you simply just let it float through. When you're done minute or two, three, whatever is right for you. I want you to say thank you for the gift of this new day. Oh, so we that. wake up every morning taking our breath and the fact that we woke up for granted. This changed my life and my practice incredibly. The idea of no matter how stressful, how hard, how um, overwhelming the outside world can be. And we know that it really is right now, as we've said before, we woke up and nothing is happening right now in this moment, except for gratitude that I opened my eyes and I woke up today. 
And I'm telling you, every day of doing that, you're really setting the foundation for everything else you'll do in your life. Um, you'll, you just start to recognize when I start with an open heart of gratitude for one thing, and that one thing is that I'm alive today, it, it shifts the molecules inside of you. You're really shifting your brain, but you're also shifting your attitude and your mood and your ability to be able to feel that sense of I am. I am Barb, and I woke up this morning. And how this impacted me the most is my first husband, my daughter's father. We'd been divorced for, for many years. He and I got divorced when, when Michelle was, was three years old. Um, but in 2007, Michelle and I were on a plane heading to California for a retreat. And we got a call when we landed that he had died in his sleep. And nothing rocked us more than that being in California. So we turned around, obviously, came back to Florida. But I'll never forget the feeling of practicing, you know, we're in the present moment, practicing my, I've been practicing for decades. Wow, you know, every moment is precious. Everything is, you know, it, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. All those things that I teach and all those things that I know deeply and I wake up in the morning, thank you for the gift of this new day. And here he died in his sleep and he didn't, he had a lot of plans probably for that next day and never woke up. So it really impacted me like, this is all for real. Life is for real. Like we don't know what's going to happen in the moment. And so the more we can really get comfortable, as I said earlier, comfortable spending time in solitude is powerful. It has propelled me since 2007 to a place that I never could have imagined of really grateful that I am alive, even if the day is ugh, off the rails. And just because you have a practice, by the way, and just because you meditate or sit with yourself, the day will go off the rails and you will lose your patience or you will lose your temper or you will um, not feel good about how things are going. And that's just what you said so beautifully, Ashley. That's life. I mean, that's it's okay because it is what it is. This is how life is. Thank you for sharing that part of your story with us. That was so profound what you also just said of life is for real and i think so often we can get caught up in the stress of it or just in like the tasks that we have to get done for the day or wishing that life felt differently and and we can kind of go at least i can go into this robotic mode of just surviving the day but when you just said life is for real we do not know how much time we have left and not in a way that it should scare us, but in a way that we can really understand that and add purpose and gratitude behind the moments that we have left. And so I loved how you are saying, hey, let's start our day with gratitude. Do you think that there's a strong tie but between gratitude and feeling internal peace? Oh, beautiful, absolutely. Um, I think the gratitude gives you a sense of connection to yourself. I know when I say thank you for the gift of this new day, it, it makes life real. And it makes, it, and I find myself connected. I like to think of it as a, I use a tree analogy a lot. We all can picture a tree and we know what incredible root systems the trees have. And especially in Florida with our hurricanes, 
the trees that don't have a really strong root system, they topple over in the, in the most severe hurricanes. So I like to think of our practice and the reason we meditate and why we meditate is that even in the harshest conditions, and I think 2020 for me would be considered the harshest conditions, and I'm sure for many yes, other people. Me too. <laughs> even in the harshest conditions, think of yourself as a tree. So when you're meditating, when you're sitting with yourself, you're, you're, you're forming that root system within. So the tree gains all of its nourishment from the ground. And so in a storm, it's so deeply rooted into the ground that it doesn't waver. So we can be so deeply rooted within ourselves that of course we might waver, of course we make mistakes, of course we feel insecure from time to time, but we're able to be aware, wait, I don't need to be insecure, Barb, about what's happening right now because whatever this next moment has for me, I'm ready. I've got what I need inside. And so with this tool of being grounded within yourself, you can relax your hold on what you see on the surface level of life, what you see in the outside world, thinking that that's where my security, that's where my comfort comes. And you start to develop a stronger inner life, a more powerful and trusting that powerful strength that you have within. And if you think of the aspen tree, you're out west there, and, and I love skiing in Colorado. You think of the aspen trees out there, they have one root system, so they are all connected. So the ground that they have is, their roots are so connected. And so I believe our foundation must be rooted from within because especially in these times where we're all distant from each other and we might be feeling alone and feeling physical, um, physically disconnected and no physical contact and it might be hard. We're actually feeling like we might be walking alone sometimes. And so the mind will say, you can't handle this. This is too much for you. Go get a drink or go eat a piece of cake or you know, go off on someone on Facebook or whatever it is, go take it out somewhere in the outside world. And if we can understand that even though physically we might be feeling alone because of the distance, we're never alone because we're grounded with the assurance within that we know who we are. We have that I am. And even though I'm not hugging you right now, I can hug myself and say, I am hugged and I am connected and I am enough and I am loved, and I am complete, and I am whole. And that deep connection within will always sustain us in even the darkest of times because we are never at the mercy of the outside world. So I believe meditation, mindfulness, sitting with yourself is the way that we begin to shift this paradigm of the idea that everything is on the physical outside world plane and go deeper knowing that we can have an intimacy and a friendship and a love and a respect and a connection with ourselves that is the source. And it's the source of the peace, which peace, if you get anything out of this talk, besides sitting a minute or two before you get out of bed, understand that peace and inner peace equals strength, power, confidence, trust, patience, love, calmness, compassion, all of that is wrapped up in that word inner peace because it's that inner uh, knowing of who you are, what you want, and that you can withstand anything that life has to throw your way. Oh my gosh. I want to listen to you all day. <laughs> I, love, I love you, um, Ashley. That this was is really powerful. And a, good a good interview actually, starts with the interviewer, and I have to say, you are just a beautiful soul. I 
I just, I'm loving this conversation. So thank you for being you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. What you just said actually reminded me of something that you posted on Instagram. Uh, I think it was this week. You said, don't adapt to the energy in the room, influence the energy in the room. And I think that so often we can walk into a situation and it's stressful. And so then we start feeling stressed. We start feeling anxious. Um, Maybe there's people in our lives or just different situations that carry a lot of emotion or feeling behind it. And it's very easy to absorb that energy. And what I think that I'm hearing from you is that when we can get rooted in ourselves, when we can start our day really being mindful about who we are, knowing who we are, feeling power in who we are, feeling gratitude in who we are, that allows us to create our own energy so that we can influence the world around us instead of being so influenced by us. Can you just talk about that a little bit about not having to adapt to the energy around us, but being able to create our own? So that is powerful, Ashley. It's, it's, that quote that you, that, that meme that, that I put up there the other day, it is everything. So I learned this. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fanatic about reading for inspiration and all the great teachers that are out there that are still alive and the ones that all came before us. And early on in my practice, I, re- I read um, Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. And oh, it's it, so good. Oh, it changed my... If you my- haven't read it and you're listening... Read that book. <laughs> oh, Ashley, it, it, I've read it so many times. I've done so many um, book study groups on it, and it is powerful. And there's so many parts of it that are powerful because Viktor Frankl was in a Nazi concentration camp, and he's writing a book about man's search for meaning. And so you have to read the book for sure. But one of the, one of the um, quotes from the book that truly impacted that that teaching that you read on Instagram, but also my whole entire life is this quote, everything can be taken from a man or woman, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, everything can be taken from a man or woman, but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. And so if that is not the power that all of us are searching, how can we not adapt, um, not become a chameleon and just uh, abandon ourselves in situations when clearly they're not meant for us or they're not doing us, uh, serving us in any way and actually in many instances causing us harm? How can we choose our attitude in every single circumstance that we're in and actually then choosing our own way? And so I... I, I always like to think about when you walk into a room, and so this is what meditation and mindfulness practice will do. It You get connected with your body. I was so disconnected from my body. Um, in my book, I go into some details about my, my um, suffering from the eating disorder of bulimia, which is totally disconnected from your body. And so I was so disconnected to my body. And meditation is a practice that helps you begin to get connected because you're starting to listen to that inner voice within 
you're starting to feel your body. And as I said, when you're first starting, you'll lie in bed, you'll start to feel, you just start to feel how you feel, just start to notice how you feel. And so when you, when I would walk into a room, I would notice nothing because I was so geared externally. I had no inner compass. I was not grounded from within in my younger years. So everything was external. So I'd walk into the room, I'd be picking up everyone else's energy. I was constantly, now how can I navigate all of these people? Or how can I navigate the one person? What do I have to do to make them like me or to help so that they will listen to me or so they will understand me or so that my presence will be uh, okay and that I will fit in? Today, you walk into the room and choose. I can sense the energy. Is this an energy that is a negative, gossipy, um, uh, not in anyone's best interest whatsoever energy? And do I feel like I have the um, energy myself and the attitude, as Viktor Frankl says, that I want to that I want to influence that and change it. So I'll walk into a room if that's the case, and I say yes to myself. I'll walk in and I'll start. I'll start with my own. Hey, you guys, did you know? I just got back from this trip and it was fantastic. I hiked up a mountain and then the next day I was skiing. So I just start with an energy of talking about myself or some adventure or something that's happening in my life that's fun. But there are sometimes I walk in and I'll say, hmm, not up for it today. Hmm. I think I'm going to excuse myself. Or I might, you know, go find one friend that I could just sit down to and we could just talk about whatever. And I think it's not so much about... Um, that's why I like that word adapting. It's not so much about making it all work in the room or be okay in the room. It's about what's right for you in that moment. Like if you look at Viktor Frankl in that concentration camp, nothing in the outside world ever changed. He had to make it right within him. He had to find his own meaning and his own sense of um, power and strength. And he knew that the last of human freedoms is your power of choice. And so I think that meme about adapting, always remember that every, every single moment of every single day, you have a choice. And that's what mindfulness does for you. And so I love this, um, this teaching that's out there, that there are 1,440 minutes in a day. And there was some research that was done that 10% of 1,440 is 14 minutes. And if you can weave 1% of those, of that 14, of that 1440, uh, excuse me, uh, the, I said 10%, 1%, I apologize. 1440 minutes in a day, 1% is 14 minutes. And so if you can weave 1% of your day, which is 14 minutes with a mindfulness practice, like one minute here, I'm feeling out of sorts. I'm not sure what I want to choose in this minute. Everything's coming at me. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Let me just pause for a minute. Take a couple deep breaths, connect with myself, and see what do I really, listen to that inner voice, what do I really want to choose in this moment, Barb? And then come back in. You know, I'm going to excuse myself and go to the bathroom or whatever it is. Doing that for a minute here and a minute there all day long for 14 minutes. What you're doing is you're training yourself to pause and understand that the only time that we have the power of our choice is when we are in the present moment. We can't choose in the past, it's gone. We can't choose in the future, it's not here. And so what it's done for me is I like, wow, it is really so important that I try to be aware of every single time my mind leaves the present moment. So 
in a circumstance like that, we just have to pause, take a deep breath, and ask ourselves, what do I want? And I would just move that. I would move that. How often? That's why I love this I am. I, I bet a, a show of hands when, you, when, when, the, when people are listening to this podcast, ask yourself, how often do you ask yourself, what do I want in this moment? Yes. Rarely, right? Uh-huh. Rarely. And I remember my daughter when she was four, and it was hectic because I was divorced and working, and, and it was hectic, and she was getting ready for school, and, and I said, come on, Michelle, come on, Michelle. She said, Mom, are we always in a hurry? And I said, well, we're in a hurry right now. Come on, Michelle. And she looked at me, she goes, you are not the boss of me. And, I, and there's this four-year-old, and I, all I could do is laugh because I thought everything was feeling so stressed around me. I've used that now for like, she's 34. I've used that for 25 years or so in my practice. That's so good. Because don't we all want to say that to, to, to people all the time? You are not you the boss of me. Yes, you're not my boss. <laughs> you're not my boss. And so meditation and mindfulness and really developing a really solid, loving, kind, trustworthy friendship with yourself is you become the boss of you because no one is the boss of you, truly. There is no one that is the boss of you. This is your one precious life. As Mary Oliver said, just what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? And so don't ever give the keys to your life uh, to someone else. I mean, you are the boss of you. So every time that you can take a breath, come back to the present moment, because your mind is going to take you away all day long, you just come back. Okay, I have a choice right now. And what I love to say right now is, can you see how you're going to sit in your sitting practice, in your meditation practice, and I'm asking you to just breathe and bring your mind back to your breath every time it wanders away to a thought. Can you see, I'm so excited I could just, I'm bursting with, with joy right now talking to you, Ashley, and all of your beautiful <laughs> followers, because can you see how that's the training for everyday life? I'm sitting with yes. myself, training myself to stay in the present moment. Notice my breath. And then when I go into mm -hmm. life and I walk into a room that feels chaotic or is making me feel out of sorts or just I'm just not up for it, I can make a choice. I can say, you know what? Not today. I think I'll pass. I think especially as women, and I'm not sure why, but we often forget that we have that choice and that our voice is important and our needs are important and what we want is important and remembering that we have a choice to remove ourselves or to engage or to do whatever we want to do in that moment because we're the boss of ourselves and our own lives that that practice living in that way helps us bring the power back into ourselves so profoundly that's how we reclaim our power that's that's how we get our power back and then use our power to influence the world around us for good and that's the only way that truly man if more women would step into their power and use their power to influence instead of be influenced by the power of others. That thinking about that gives me chills, Barb. Thinking about that, that's that's how the world 
changes. And I love, I'm totally, you're adding a new, a new really, really sweet perspective for me of, wow, my morning meditation, that's like my practice ground. That's, that's my training ground. That's where I'm by myself in the morning first thing. And I'm able to practice at home so that when I go out into the world, I am more trusting of my voice. I am more, um, I am more able and capable to really realize that I have a choice. And because I've been practicing, pulling myself back to the present moment on my own every day, I am now more prepared to make that courageous choice to do that again when I'm out into the world. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. That This conversation is such a gift to me. I'm like, I know it's impacting everyone else who's listening to it. And I'm like, wow, for me, this is, this is incredible. So I have one more. I just want to, you just, you just summed it up so beautifully because awareness is the first step to changing and shifting that paradigm thought that you just said that so many women have. I had that we're not enough. We got to have people like us, or we've been taught to, you know, to be in the back of the room, or maybe we don't get a seat at this table. No. And so what, because the, I believe we have to shift that paradigm. We have to change that. And so the first step to change is awareness. And I believe that 90% of the work that we're doing in our meditation and mindfulness practice is becoming aware. We're developing awareness that I might sit in my practice And the voice in the head might say to me, Barb, you have to say yes to that event tomorrow because they are not going to invite you again if you don't. Mm. And then when I become behind, that's a story. Or you're going to fall behind. I had a friend say that to me. She said, you know, I can't. And I said, oh my gosh, you're you're giving away your power. But we we've talked about that already. But I but then the next beautiful thing that happens in what you just said and what you just laid out is that we're in training. And so when my mind says that to me, you have to say yes because you'll fall behind or they won't ask you again or or you won't be liked anymore. What happens is I become aware of that, like, wait a minute. And so I question it. Is that true? And then the next voice within me will say, Barb, you're enough. You're complete. You, you are worthy. No, that's not true. And so this is taking the power back, or this is truly living our lives. I like to say living our lives from the inside out, never at the mercy of what's happening out there and truly grounded in what's happening inside and listening to that voice that says, I am enough. I am worthy. I am worthy of being respected. Um, I am the boss of my life. I am love or I am compassion. And I believe strongly part of why Michelle and I started Peace of Mind, Peaceful Life is this idea that outer peace begins with inner peace. And when we get grounded and so strong and powerful within ourselves, we don't have a need to bring other people down around us. It's because of our insecurity and our need to feel like we measure up and that we matter and that we're worthy if we don't feel worthy, then we got to try like heck to have other people around us not feel worthy either. So we bring them down to our level. No, we need to rise to who we are 
and then other people, then we go out with compassion and love and caring and help and listening compassionately and giving a helping hand and we bring other people up with us as Maya Angelou says. When we rise, we all rise. I've been talking about this actually a lot lately because for me this year, um, the internet bullies have come at me and it's been very constant and it's been a lot. And something that I am, I have really realized is that a lot of the times um, how we treat others is, is really a mirror on how we treat and view ourselves. And that's something that I remind myself often of. And so then I think of women like you who dedicate your time and so much of your life in your own personal training ground so that then you can go out with your power and invite other women to rise up to that with you. And then you become, you are the mirror to them of love, of compassion, of power, of growth, of strength, of peace. And just the opposite of, of other women who can bring other women down, there's women like you who are doing the opposite because of the, the time and that you put into this very important work of loving and trusting yourself and and how powerful is it for me to think about women in our own homes doing this work on ourselves so that not only is it going to impact our own life but then the lives of other women it's almost like this invitation of come join me like come feel for yourself this light or this joy and this power because it's available for you too. So I love, I just, that's, that's really beautiful. And I would love, I would be so honored right now. Would you, Barb, would you be willing to do a short meditation to end this podcast? I would be honored, Ashley. It's my favorite thing to do. So absolutely. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, you take it away. <laughs> I wanted to say one more thing that you said about, you know, the power and the choosing in that. I think we should always remember that one of the greatest quotes that I use a lot in my practice by the psychologist, William James, is he says, our greatest weapon. So think about a weapon, our greatest weapon against stress or overwhelm or all the things that are happening to us right now is our ability to choose one thought over the other. So I just wanted to say, because what, what you were saying was so beautiful that, you know, we've got these other thoughts going on in the mind that are telling us these things. And if we can choose the thoughts of love and compassion and strength, we will rise. And as you said, we will be able to help others around us rise as well. So, yeah, it's so beautiful. So wherever you are seated right now, just get comfortable. Get comfortable in the chair or the floor. And begin by bringing your attention into your body. Feeling your sits bones in the chair or the floor. Noticing your back. Sit straight. Sit still. 
in sitting still like this, we learn to be still. Now closing your eyes if that's comfortable for you or just lowering your gaze to the floor. As you're feeling the weight of your body on the chair, notice what it feels like having your feet touching the floor. Feeling the soles of your feet grounded into the floor. Slowly bringing your attention to the fact that you are breathing. Becoming aware and noticing where the air moves in and out of your body. Allow your jaw to soften. Relax all the muscles in your face. Now place a hand on your stomach. Notice if it feels tense or tight. Let it relax. Taking a deep breath in through the nose. Allowing your stomach to expand to press into your hand on the inhalation. Creating as much space in the belly as you can as you breathe in deeply. And then as you exhale, noticing the belly, just softly go back into the body as your hand comes back into the body. Placing your hand back in your lap. Taking three deep breaths like this in through the nose and out through the nose at your own pace. Noticing as you're breathing in how the belly moves in on the exhalation. And it expands out on every inhalation. Allowing the thoughts in the mind to just pass through the mind, noticing that they're coming in. And allow them to float out of your mind like a white cloud in the blue sky. Taking another deep breath in through the nose. And gently exhaling out through the nose. Notice any emotions that may be arising for you in this moment. Noticing your thoughts. Noticing your thoughts without engaging them, without trying to push them away. Asking yourself, what's it like to be you in this present moment right here, right now?
What does it feel like to be fully in this moment as you? Take one more deep breath in, holding it at the top for a second. And then as you exhale, remind yourself of one thing that you are grateful for in this present moment. It could simply be that you are here right now. And now you can open your eyes when you're ready. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. And I don't want to take away um, anything from there. So I don't want to add anything. The only thing that I want to say is thank you for who you are and how you show up to the world for all of us. And can you tell everyone listening right now where they can come find you online? Yes. First, Ashley, I just want to say I love you. You are I a love beautiful you. soul. I just adore you. And I love all of you listening to this amazing podcast right now. Just think of that I am. And I would love to leave um, everyone with this thought that if you are feeling stuck or dissatisfied or overwhelmed remember life doesn't have to be perfect and it never will be to be wonderful finding those little small moments and then as we spoke about today you have the power to make a change and trust and accept yourself completely because you are whole you're complete you're loved you're worthy and i just simply adore you and love you um i am on instagram at peaceful barb and peaceful mind peaceful life is on instagram and then my daughter michelle Michelle Maros, the three of us are on Instagram and then on Facebook as well, Barb Schmidt and Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life. And I just, I'm very grateful. What I'm grateful for in this moment, Ashley, is that you uh, honored me by having me on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying yes. And um, everyone who joined us today, we love you. Thank you for being here and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley K. Lemieux so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.